do that. I I don't want to spend two hours of you just telling me to <laughs> move the mic closer like we always do. There we go. Is this That's good? much better. Yeah. Okay, fuck yeah. I need to turn mine down slightly. We're already recording. Why not? Okay. There we go. I just am reaching for my wine glass. Uh, today on the Madness Continues podcast recording with my good buddy, Corey Wood. Oh, yeah. This is like my third <laughs> fucking time on this podcast. You're like the most normal guest we have. <laughs> you're the most standard guest that I have on this podcast. God, it's going to be good for you when I make it. <laughs> <laughs> People will look back and they'll go, wait, we can determine the moment that Corey Wood decided to to hop off the wagon of life right there on that <laughs> Lemons podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just quit teaching the next day. <laughs> moments before, I don't know how much of this you want to get out because you're a teacher, but like you, moments before this podcast, Corey was like, I'm drinking myself to death. And then like asked me to <laughs> open a bottle of wine for him. You know what? I'm not worried about my students finding that. I'm worried about my parents. <laughs> I'm going to fucking, uh, I'm trying do, to move Do your this students up. follow you? You one time changed your, you changed your, uh, uh, your social media because you were afraid that your students would find you. Uh, and then, because somebody, <laughs> one of your friends got fired. Yeah, one of my friends got fired. I, uh, I'm not going to talk about that too much. Uh, it's just yeah, out of respect for them. But actually, the first time that I did this podcast, I had a student, he wasn't still my student, but he was my first year. In Chicago teaching, he was one of my advisees, which means like I was his mentor. Uh, and he came up to me after school and he went, Mr. Wood, is it true you almost killed yourself? What? Because <laughs> I think we talked about that, like me being super depressed. Yeah. And, like, and, uh, he, this, and uh, he listened to the podcast. And he had found my name. He Googled my name. And, and the, the podcast, podcast came up. God damn it. You hear that, advertisers? <laughs> At least one. They're not, and middle schoolers are cockroaches. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, one of them listens to your podcast. Fifty of them listen to it. Well, he was uh, he was a good he was a really cool student. Uh, we like like close in a student teacher relationship. Sure. Where, like I was like, hey man. After he told me that, I was like, yeah. And I I was very honest with him, and I was like, look, I'm glad I didn't die. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, if you're ever experiencing depression like please get help because yeah. i did not and i'm lucky that i got through yeah and then i was like and also don't tell anyone about this podcast <laughs> it's so to weird to me because it feels like you have to live in this bizarre kind of the you know life theater where you don't have you're not ex you know i in like i'm not gonna i won't talk about your out of respect for your friend who got let go i won't talk about what happened to that person either yeah. in detail but suffice it to say just for the people listening to the podcast that it was something like a normal years ago things that someone it was had a nine-year-old post I'm, I'm willing to say that it was yeah. a nine-year-old post i'm not going to go into what it said but it was like she made a bad joke yeah and it was well it was the same it was very similar to then what happened to um uh the guy who directed uh guardians, guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah but that's Guardians of the Galaxy. And, like, he's getting paid millions of dollars. I don't agree with what happened to him. Sure. But this is someone who was a great teacher. Yeah. Who dedicated her life to helping kids. But it wasn't even... And did not get paid shit. It, and from what you described to me, it was also kind of, like, innocuous in the sense that it was, like, one, it was a long time ago, and two, it was like, look, everybody... It didn't seem like it was that transgressive. And it, it just it blows my mind because it's like, we're going to live in a world where, like, the barrier to entry for this shit is going to have it's going to be too high for anybody. 
I think we're going to break. I think we are on the breaking point. And so I read a, a fucking Atlantic article the other day that was about uh, they did an interview where like people got to remain anonymous and 80 percent of people were like, yeah, political correctness is kind bullshit. of bullshit. Yeah. And I, I think I just I think we have to reach the intelligence level to go. No, you're being a rude, mean person. Yeah. And that's that should never be OK. Yeah. But it's also like, oh, you're ignorant or dumb, and like we use ignorant in a bad way. But like ignorant means like you don't know. Yeah, something. yeah, you're you're you you're ignorant to it. You have no knowledge of it. Like when I moved to Chicago, uh, I'd never met a transgendered person. Yeah, you know, and then I moved to Chicago, and I've had some uh, people who are transgendered be very nice to me about being like, "Hey, uh, I'm a like refer to me he, not she." Yeah. And then, like, I'll mess it up again. And it's not me being like, fuck you, I'm going to call it's you. It's just a weird. Shit. Well, I say it's weird. It's weird because it's, you're not, you, you're not, you're not used to having to pay that much attention to the shorthand of your pronouns. It's, it's challenging for me, too. And, uh, but it's not out of disrespect. It's just like, I'm not normally don't have to pay attention. It's like, let me put it this way. If I was around, uh, somebody who was, let's say, had a, um, a bone, um, like deformity, there's people who have very, very like, um, uh, fragile, shatterable bones. Mm-hmm. I would have to pay more attention to how I moved physically around them to make sure that I never did anything to injure them. I'm not used to having to pay that much attention to my movements. And I almost have to be like, look, I need to make sure that I, it's this, vi- it almost feels the same where it's like, I'm not doing this out of malice. I just am not normally. What the fuck? Corey's face is like going in all kinds of crazy directions. <laughs> you're going, right you're going crazy. Because <laughs> to me, I'm just like I remember when my friend who had been Bob his whole life was like, "Call me Robert now," and you were like, "What the and fuck?" I was like, and like I was like, "I'll try to fucking call you Robert." That's what you want, fucking weirdo. But, you know, we just we're muscle memory. We're such dumb. That's where I'm going with that. Muscle memory. But yeah, sure, your weird ass bone deformity <laughs> thing was nice too. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to yeah, fuck me for trying to prove. You know what I mean? No, I I get what you're. We are uh, we are both nice people who are kind of dumb. Are pretty dumb. Yeah, sure. And so <laughs> yeah, that hurt you. You don't want to be. Dumb. Uh, no, I. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I take pride in feeling like I'm intelligent. I mean, the truth is that I'm probably I'm pr- probably very ignorant. I mean, when you were saying ignorant earlier, I was thinking there's plenty of things I'm ignorant about. Like, I genuinely don't know what it's like to be a black person. I don't. I have no knowledge of what it's like to be one and to be someone, a person of color. I'm, I've been a white person my whole life, and I don't know what it is. So I can only listen to and accept as truth the things that people who are people of color tell me. Well, we have to we have to get rid of ignorant being a bad word. Yeah, I think so. And being like you're. To me, like, if someone's being, like, if an intelligent person tells me I'm ignorant about something, I don't take offense to that. Sure. You know, if they're trying to be a dick, sure. Yeah. But, like... Uh, yeah, you don't really know that much yeah. about science. But, you know, like, I've had people be like, you... You're you, go, you went right past that impression. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, asshole. I'm just, I, I'm just being a dick to you today. <laughs> you know what it is? I didn't plan on talking about any of this. <laughs> I... I You've been talking about CrossFit all day, <laughs> and I'm still winded from walking up your stairs, and so I'm mad at you, and I'm, I'm attacking you. Can I tell you a quick, a funny story real quick? Actually, it's maybe not even funny. 
This is the worst podcast I've ever done. Um, <laughs> so I no, it's not. I uh, <laughs> I went to uh, I did stand up at a show on Saturday at this comedy uh, music show. And so first of all, the casual listener who's not a comedian, um, it doesn't exist. <laughs> but the, the there's no casual listeners this podcast. So the but the casual listener who's not a comedian will under needs to understand that doing comedy at a music show is actually like a nightmare. Yeah, like, it's I, terrible. Yeah, it's awful because it's like there's a band and then everybody just starts talking and then they're like, "Hey, hey, pay attention to this guy who's going to talk about airplane food or like whatever." It's just so it's so not it's a terrible experience for everyone. And um and I was asked to do a uh, comedy at this show that was being put on by my CrossFit friend's boyfriend, who's a really cool guy, and his band is awesome. And he was like, "Yeah, I got this great idea for the evening. It's gonna be like we have this like jazz band with a harp, and then I was gonna have comedy, and then we're gonna have like heavier music." And I thought, actually, maybe that's not a bad like setup. We'll do the jazz first. Not at all. It was just <laughs> awful. And everybody at the party was like nineteen or twenty years old, and a bunch of my CrossFit friends came out, and it was so weird because I. For the last like year and some change, I've been doing, I've been telling them to be, like, hey, CrossFit, come out to the comedy show. Nobody's ever shown up, and then like now they're suddenly at this thing, and I'm talking about CrossFit on stage, and it was super fucking awkward because it was like these two worlds of mine that collided, and then it was just, and it was the worst comedy show. So I was like, everybody in this in my CrossFit gym is gonna think I'm fucking awful at comedy because I'm in an environment that just hate, just does not want to listen. <laughs> That's something a lot of people don't understand about comedy is. No matter how good you get, you bomb sometimes. And yeah. It's terrifying. My dad came to Chicago, and my dad hadn't seen me do comedy. He saw me when I first started. And then I told my parents, who my whole family lives in Texas, I went, I'm going to move across the country, away from y'all, and I'm going to go there to do comedy. And then my dad <laughs> came to visit, and he was like, let's go to one of your shows. And all I could think in my head is like, oh, if I bomb, my dad's going to be like, you left our family <laughs> to suck? <laughs> To be so bad at this thing, because like they don't understand. Like sometimes you bomb. Like yeah. So Dave, Dave Chappelle. There's a great clip of Dave Chappelle in Philadelphia bombing for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and every time I have a bad set, I think about it because I think Dave Chappelle bombed in Philadelphia, and that wasn't even that long ago. I want you to send me that. Yeah, I w- <laughs> it's encouraging. You know what I mean? Not every Picasso painting is good. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh... It's so weird because I, I get that with so many things. My dad was a big one because my parent, my family is very supportive. They're nice, but they are hurt that I left. Yeah. Like sincerely hurt that I left. Are they really? I really think they, they really are. love you. They do. I, I have a great family. Yeah. I, I, I will sometimes shit talk. Like, I mean, no one's perfect, but my my family are is great. My dad helped like bought me sound like a sound system yeah you yeah we we used to use it for uh (laughs) for the lazy philosophers open yeah and so uh, like they're great and like they just can't understand my dad all the time and it breaks my heart will call me and just be like like i'll be complaining about chicago i got some dumbass tickets and he'll just be like well you know you can just come back to texas anytime and it and it's so hard to explain to him like he'll be like you know dallas has open mics and it's so hard to explain to him like but dallas doesn't have a (laughs) hundred You know, <laughs> and then just be like, I have oh to be here God. for this dumb dream I have that I'm going to fail in. Well, like, it's, it's the worst. It's it's as I get older, it feels more like a burden. 
<laughs> I had no idea. Here's the other thing. I don't, I got, why you have such a, it feels like, okay, so if you talk to most performers, I feel like, this uh-huh. is part of the reason I think you and I are friends, Corey, is that if you talk to most performers, especially performers who have a real need to make something happen, they have, they have like divorce in their life when they were kids or they have some kind of life situation that caused them to be like, I need to go into like something that gets me attention and approval. But like I had you, I'm similar. And like, I grew up in Metro Detroit, Michigan, like with a family that's fucking wonderful. And I am not there to support them at all. Like I'm, I'm here in Chicago. I have a beautiful girlfriend who has another girlfriend and we're going to go visit her in Texas. I'm thinking about leaving her and this city and a stable job to go to New York to pursue this. What the, like, what is wrong with me? Like, so my question to you is what is wrong with you? (laughs) Uh, One, I I think the whole fucking idea of, you have to be sad to do comedy is just sad people who suck at comedy yeah. trying to justify it. Sure. Uh, I think mine though came from like, I grew up very religious and I kind of had this weird thing where when I fell out of religion, I, I lost my virginity and then instantly was like, well, I'm done with this God thing. Yeah. But then like I'd been taught so many things. Like I was taught like sex is bad. And sure. so then you kind of go to the extreme. You go, well, now that I'm thinking for myself, sex isn't bad. Like, you know, so uh, what is bad? Because like, and so then then you get into weird sex shit. And now like, and it's kind of the same thing with talking. Is just like, you can never say God damn it because like that is a sin. Yeah. And like now it's like, oh, I can say anything I want. And it was bad. My first, I think a lot of comics are like this. Like my first year, I was just saying what, I wasn't even funny. I was just trying to say words combined together that would make you mad at me. <laughs> It was so. So it started as like a rebellion against having this good family and this uh, like religion, and like this is how you do good. And me being like, well, can I say like come in a toaster? <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> then I'd go on stage and I'd be like, come and in then a toaster. I came in the toaster, <laughs> Texas, <laughs> and no one killed me. And I was like, oh my god, I can say come in a toaster. It doesn't get laughs. So it's like this for you. It was like this area to self-explore and kind of like find a um like find a place or like find a a sense of self find some some because there's something about let me i i I guess let me just be clear there's something about the act of stand-up comedy that's you know uh like dude this every time we talk this becomes biblical but it's like in the bible there was like first there was the word uh-huh. Well, like everything starts with words or like the words are the definition. And like ancient Egyptians believe that the universe started with a sound. People speak and they, they speak into existence the things in their world. And there's something about stand-up where it's like you are alone on stage and you are speaking your reality out to the world. Is this what – it feels like this is like self-determination as part of the reason you went into it. Yeah, I mean, I've never thought about it like I'm. Like I said, I I don't think about shit like that too much. I I think what mine was is I had a lot of anxiety. Like I, I'm not even high, by the way. Like I'm not even high at all. I'm, I, I've had a couple of drinks. Uh, wine fucking gets me, man. Yeah, man, it's Egyptians. <laughs> I was like, is he talking about Egyptians right now? <laughs> one of my gonna... favorite, one of my favorite things is in History of the World Part One with uh, Mel Brooks. He's uh, he's in ancient Greek or he's in ancient Rome, 
and they're like, bring in the stand-up philosopher. <laughs> and like, and he comes in and he's like this <laughs> stand-up comedian in ancient Rome who's like throwing out these observations. <laughs> and my favorite part is that the emperor Nero turns to his friend and he goes, the Jewish stand-up philosophers are the best. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just goes back. <laughs> I encourage everyone to watch History of the World Part 1. It's wonderful. I've never even heard of this. Have you never heard of it? It was a great classic comedy film from the 1970s. Okay. Oh, I, I, Mel Brooks. I'm I'm very uncultured when it comes to TV and movies. They never made a History of the World Part 2. All right, look. I want to talk about... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, I was just thinking... I, you've got me in my head. And like oh, talking sorry, about... Man. Uh, <laughs> I'm very anxious. Do, do you have anxiety? You oh, yeah. Even... No, I totally have anxiety. Okay. You seem actually well put together. I, don't I, think I really I appreciate like, that. I don't think I seem like a piece of shit, but you seem like you wear glasses. That's, <laughs> you know, fancy. Uh, mine was like, I'm an adult man who is agnostic, atheist, depending. I say atheist to piss some Christians off, but it really I'm agnostic. <laughs> But still, like, I've had moments. I had a nephew who was born with, like, a weird, weird fucking heart. Yeah, and, we like, talked about that. Yeah, and so, like, and my anxiety was like, well, God's going to kill that kid because you jerked off today. Because <laughs> you said toaster cum. Because you said toaster cum. <laughs> he's going to just get him. He's going to get him. <laughs> and then he's going to make toasters and cum fall from the sky. <laughs> I was, this is, like, petty, weird <laughs> goblin god. <laughs> and so it really is uh and i've matured from this in comedy but it is especially talking to other comics it's still like what can you say and it's a terrible thing and no one hates you did this thing break did no break? i'm just checking out i don't i want to make sure that this battery doesn't die it's okay, happened a lot okay. lately and so like yeah it was just like being uh can you say this and not die immediately because mm -hmm. i kind of grew up in a world where like they taught you like this person lied about how much money he gave the church, and then God turned him into sand. And us, <laughs> so it was kind of testing the boundaries on that, trying yeah. to see if God would kill me. Damn, dude! So he hasn't just, done it yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, you know, he's all understanding. Also, I think. Yeah, he's also kind of busy. <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff going on. That toaster cum thing is like a hundred and seventh on his list right now. Tomorrow, <laughs> he will get around to it. I love that. Like God. God's to the co toaster cum situation is a higher priority than like Yemen or like anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people still like ringworm is a disease. <laughs> Do people still get that? I got it. I had it years what? ago. How do you get ringworm? Now you wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Okay. I'm fine. Then. Yeah, you're good. I don't think you got, I don't know how many bathhouses you visit, but I think you're probably all right. <laughs> Oh, man. I didn't intend to talk about any of this. I was going to talk about... Well, the whole point of uh, having you over here was to talk about uh, that Love Hurts and how that's been going and stuff. Oh, man. I uh, I was scared that you were going to turn it down, but Love Hurts was... I was kind of in a bad place in comedy, and then you came and you're like, let's do this show where we talk about our love lives and our relationships and our sex lives, and I was like, fine, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just the most fun getting to be in front of people. The only time I haven't had fun is I had coworkers show up. Oh uh, yeah, and I was like, I don't want to talk about like you yeah, know, it's like a lot losing my virginity in front of this person who has to teach with me. But other than that, just like having strangers come out and like, and we're I don't think we're being disgusting. No, like, you know, not like at there's, all. 
we've talked about like kind of the beginning of comedy where you're trying to be gross to shock people. I don't think we're doing, I think to me, it's just, we're being honest and being like, and here's what it felt like when I left, lost my virginity. Like not in a section, like not just like, and it was kind of cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like being like the, these were the anxieties I were had. I yeah. was having this and like, but it's funny because I think everyone experiences that we kind of learn you're taught like when you lost when you lose your virginity how do you describe that it was awesome yeah it's like uh, there's yeah, so dude, much fucking, shit it was great happening. yeah and there's like i mean and it's weird because like there's there's a lot of like relationship stuff that it, it's just we've had a lot of really good so first of all let me say like i didn't think about doing this with any other comic in chicago except you because you you just have so much relationship material because we've done comedy together over the years that I've been like, of course I want to do this with Corey. And it feels like you have, like, I've been thinking a lot lately about, like, what can comedy do in the world? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, what is the purpose of it? And obviously it's to, and you have have a laugh and enjoy yourself, but what can it, what, what, what work can it get done? And uh, this came to mind because I was like, I already have some stuff about relationships in my comedy and I knew that you did too. And I was like, let's just do a whole show of just that and just see what it does. And and it's been pretty awesome. We've had a lot of people show up who are just random people who see the ad and they're like, yep, we're doing that. Yeah. And it was, it was so weird because when you pitched it to me, I was like, that's kind of the stereotype of comedy as being like, oh, relationship material. But I'm going to feel like such a dick because I was going to say, but we do it differently because we're genius. <laughs> yeah, but we're I really smart. do feel like, because we're not going up there and we're not like, men and women are different. We're, I don't know how to fuck It's it. a lot more of it is very like testimonial and like, uh, it's just it, like you were saying like, oh, I might lose my virginity, but like, what is that really like? Like for somebody who is trying to work out questions of God and religion and anxiety and, and where do I fit in and isn't, people aren't people supposed to get married now and like what is that like you're trying to work through this kind of shit you 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 did in your life and like it doesn't make sense kind of and how do you like and then people i think that the reason it's been so popular is people have responded really positively and and really i think have themselves been like you know everybody has relationship problems and i think that everybody's just trying to figure this question out kind of together but also all alone by themselves yeah, you know what I think is, uh, you keep looking at that. I know, I'm sorry, know. dude. This is I, I. This is really what I like about it is I think both you and I seem like straight white dudes, yep. and we are, and like we kind of seem like, you know, and so I think something that I think both of us kind of talk about and fight against is this belief we've been taught where we're supposed to be, where sex is supposed to be the most important thing. Yeah. And like forever, I've been taught like I'm like you know like dudes are just supposed to be like you're supposed to love sex and yeah, like you're supposed to fuck you know everything. like and that's all you care about and then like kind of like the thing that I believe everyone feels is like yeah of course sex is awesome love it but <laughs> it's not the best thing yeah it's not like even close to the best thing yeah and like you know every time you get laid it's not like fuck yeah like you know like we've always been we've always seen tv shows that are like got laid high five like yeah how was like it's never like oh and now i'm sad because we were just supposed to hook up and i kind of like her now and she doesn't want to talk like yeah Uh, yeah you know and it's so weird because i feel like like there's not a lot of 
like you were saying earlier, like there's a lot of com, com comedy and that's stereotypically like men and women or blah blah blah. And then there's a lot of like stand up that's like mm, girls, I can't get them, and like that's the whole thing. Uh-huh. Or like I if I you know if I could get a boyfriend, like that would ever happen. And like that's the whole. And you're like, no, this is a world in which people fuck and they fall in love, and it's you know, and like I just think about mine, like I'm not, and it's. I'm thinking like my biggest thing for like years was I was like I just want I want to have a fucking threesome and then I did and it was like way not it was actually <laughs> awful <laughs> I was like <laughs> you know now I know what it feels like to disappoint two women at once <laughs> like <laughs> and it's weird because what do you do when like when you hit that level and you're like wow that's really fucking cool but what is that I'm still the same it didn't change who I was like well and like i i just thought the threesome takes away the idea of the threesome now you've had it you can't want it anymore you've done it yeah right and like it can't live up like i remember it can't yeah that's that you're so right about that it can't be if it never happens then it's always a fantasy but if you have it and then it's a reality and then you're like oh this is actually what it's like it's actually that my girlfriend is really into this other girl (laughs) <laughs> and they're both just tolerating me. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I remember the buildup. I, I lost my virginity kind of late because uh, of religion. And I remember the buildup of being like, oh, like, you know, I've heard people and it's going to be like stars exploding in my head. And, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, just that. I just come in a plastic thing and cry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm then I'm wondering why. <laughs> That's so funny. It's five minutes of me not enjoying myself thinking, don't. <laughs> Don't come yet. This Don't is you so, do it. This is so real. I um I haven't talked about this in the show, and I, I maybe I should, but it's like my first time was like so awful. It was so bad, and I think I haven't talked about it in the show because it's actually there's nothing funny about it. Like it's just <laughs> it was just genuinely bad. I was at a frat house. I was with a girl who I was dating for months. Like she was like, I think we can fuck tonight, and I was like, okay, and I could not get it up. I couldn't get it up. I was so worried. I don't know what it I've was. I've heard that a lot. Yeah, though. and I was just like so fucking... And that happened the first time I had a I had threesome. I couldn't get it up. I could not get it up. And I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> and it was like, it's so weird because you're in this moment where... Here's the weirdest part about it. Just like you said, it's like every dude in the world is like, dude, I'm, I'm, I, I cannot believe that I have this situation in which two women want to have sex with me at the same time. And... Every everything in the history of my life is telling me that this is the fucking pinnacle. This is the highest it's supposed to be. I'm not supposed to ever do better than this. And my dick is like, I, I'm sorry, dude. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm checked out. There's two of them. They got us. <laughs> <laughs> and I just was so. And it's so weird because I just remember being like. It was the weirdest thing in my life because I I was first of all I was in my parents' basement, and <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, all right. And I'm and I'm looking at my girlfriend and my current girlfriend and my former girlfriend, and both of them are like, "What the fuck, <laughs> like is going on?" And I and it was weird because I was like, "I know I know that both of you know that it works because we've had sex individually before." <laughs> Yeah, it's like you plus my dick equals hard. You plus my dick equals hard. You plus you plus my dick equals me crying. <laughs> I swear to God, I wanted to cry so bad. It's I've never. It was so fucked up, dude. Like I was on. I just remember being like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. It was very scary. 
I've never talked about in the show. I, maybe I should, but it's just a very the point of this whole thing though is that it's like, what do you? How are you supposed to work out these emotions when it's like everything in your life is that you've ever heard is like this is the best ever. You're supposed to high five all your friends, and you're like, actually, I kind of want to just die right now. Like, I kind of, I don't know. How I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and look at myself in the mirror and be like, "You had the opportunity, bro, but you, you really whip. You didn't even swing at that ball. Like <laughs> that, that pitcher threw three balls right past you, and they were slow pitches. <laughs> they were on, they were underhand. <laughs> they, they were like they had. There was a guy holding a tee, so they could so you could tee ball it. What the fuck, dude? You know what? Uh, I, I want to say two because the first thing's going to make me sound like I'm trying to brag, and I'm really not. I've just been lucky enough to where I've never had that problem where I haven't been able to get hard. Yeah. Uh, second thing is I've never had a threesome, and <laughs> probably never will. But uh, and that's it, and that's just. <laughs> and that's and the whole... I've never had that problem. You're you're a piece of shit, Brendan. You should be able to get. <laughs> no, but like I I imagine it has to be so. Because one, you're supposed to be like, I'm a man and I'm supposed to get hard for naked women. Yeah. And two, like as like a more sensitive thing is being like I feel like my anxiety there would be one, I'm embarrassed that I can't get it up. Yeah. And two, I don't want my girlfriend to think that I don't think she's beautiful. Or, yeah. You know, so then like you have you have like seven anxieties running oh, through it's your so head. So much, right man. It's awful. Then, it sounds like hell. It was actually pretty bad. I think I think if I die, I know I've had a bad life if I wake up in that situation again. <laughs> That's it was a, it was pretty awful. My hell threesomes with beautiful women. <laughs> Yeah, and I just can't get it up. That's exactly that's so that's so fucking that is like a Sisyphus with the stone, as it's like you're just surrounded by beautiful women asking for it, and your dick doesn't work. Fuck you forever. That's that's pretty much what. And I just remember uh, they both kind of finished. They did their thing, and I kind of was like, "All right." <laughs> I was, a, and I felt like I was a tourist. Like I felt like I was a tourist in in my own. Like I bought a ticket to Jurassic Park. And I saw the dinosaurs fuck each other, and then I went home. Like, that was... <laughs> and you're like, great work, team. You did a really good... That was amazing. You both did a great job. <laughs> did you see how you sexually aroused her, and she sexually aroused you, and I did nothing? And I didn't do anything. So, so great. So, anyway, the point of this is that... So, it was things like that. I've had experiences like those two that made me be like... I, I think it would be fun to put together a show that tried to do some work where we tried to work through or, like, bring out some of these things. And um, I just think that, like, you know, it, it's interesting to have a show that's just devoted to one concept, which is we're just going to plumb the depths of what does love and sexuality and relationships, what does that mean? And everybody who leaves here is going to walk out with some maybe greater vocabulary to understand their own experiences. Yeah, and it was amazing. I mean, like, we had someone come up, and, like, she had just gotten out of a three-year relationship. Oh, and yeah. We kept saying, fuck Jared or fuck whatever. Jared, fuck. It was just a white dude He was name. so awful. I don't remember what his name Kyle, was. Kyle, probably. <laughs> no, I would remember. That's my, that my brother's name. Uh, and then, like, dude, the craziest thing to me, and... <laughs> 
Actually, I don't know. Does the guy I'm about to talk to does he uh, talk about? Does he listen to your podcast? I don't, I don't know. Oh, oh, JP. Yeah, <laughs> I knew who you were going to talk does he about. Listen to this. I, I hope so. I he brings a different Asian different woman Asian woman every week. every week. It's, God damn, it's, I love him. So it's the most like fetish. What's his? What's his? What's it? What's his magic? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's partly magic, and it's like, oh, you are the personification of this fetish. Oh yeah, he's the guy who I feel like if I ever met an Asian girl and couldn't remember, I couldn't remember her name but i remember one or two facts about her he'd be like oh that's you know chloe <laughs> like he would i would call him up immediately and he's a lovely he's actually a very nice guy oh he's a great dude he's fucking great and uh he, he's I, already bought tickets for the next event. i love him so much <laughs> he just wants to he was like every week and he just was like this is the best and showed up and all about relationships so we're gonna try to record this thing and hopefully it'll end up on netflix or whatever i think i that's the the idea anyway I really, uh, I think it, I really think it's good. I think it's and good I too. I like the idea of like, I had an ex. <laughs> God, can I do one more story? Yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I know we're, Let me just check this battery. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. So I went back to, um, I have an ex in Denver who I'm still into. And then we had a weird thing where she was like, hey, let's just, why don't you fly to Denver? And like, nothing crazy. Just like hook up. And yeah. I was like, and I was like, I'm a man. I can go there and hook up with you and not love you. <laughs> <laughs> so I flew to Denver. I was like, I'm gonna hook up with this girl. Whatever. They got there, hooked up with her. Then was like, Oh, never mind. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I like wrote her a letter. <laughs> I wrote her like a four page letter. That was like, I know that I wasn't supposed to say I love you, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> a week later, I fly back to Chicago. Like a week her later, she calls me trying to kill herself. What? It's like I've got. I'm going to get my gun. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. It's been very weird. I I wish there was. The funny ending to this. <laughs> I mean, she's still alive, right? Yeah, she's alive. Oh, she went to rehab and everything. Uh, I forgot why I started this story. Now I feel weird. Well, well okay. you're talking about relationships, and you were just like, let me tell you one more thing. We're talking about JP, all that stuff. Not sure how that led in this direction. <laughs> uh, and uh, then Is she, she Asian? Maybe then that she was killed the an Asian instead. <laughs> Oh God! This seven seven billion of them. This podcast is gonna get me fired. There's a billion of them on the planet. How many? How many billion? There's seven billion people. There's seven. There's a billion. There's seven billion. There's seven billion people. There's a four billion or Asian. Billion eight. There's a billion Chinese. Okay, we're not just talking about normal Asian. No, I thought there was one point two billion Indians. Well, that's true. Uh, so you're talking. So India is Asia, also. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's its own subcontinent. But I mean, just look at the. I don't know what a subcontinent is. Well, you know what? I don't have the ability to tell you. Um, some things you're just gonna have to remain ignorant to. So, but here's the thing: there's a billion Chinese people, and I, you know, when are we gonna say enough's enough? <laughs> no, China did that like 20 years ago. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love that you said that because that is one of my favorite jokes to say on stage out of nowhere. And the audience is always like, Rrr! and I'm like, you think I'm wrong? The country of China said it. Like, they said, no, this is too many Chinese people. <laughs> only only one per family. Yeah, that's it. We got a half of us. <laughs> you only get one. <laughs> it's not me that said it. The country of China said it. Oh, Jesus. That's self-hatred, man. It really is. Not, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is going to be the thing that gets me fired. I, well, I hope not. I hope it, I, you know, I just... You're, you're, Luckily, no one listens to this. Right I know, right? Not me. I get a lot of... I think Vladimir Putin's still listening. 
What's up, Vlad? I get I get a lot of people in Kingston, Jamaica. I'm not really sure why that's the case. That's fucking awesome. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I hope I go down to Kingston and then there's like Brendan Lemon here. Like, do you think because I've done the podcast enough, if I go down, like they'll be like, like "It's Corey Wood." We're very happy you did not kill yourself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I re, I re. <laughs> I think you should go down. I think you owe it to yourself to go down to Jamaica. God, I got to get out. I, I I haven't gotten out of the country in years. I got to ta- get a passport. You know what I think sometimes is I, one, you do have to do that because you got to do Edinburgh next year. But Oh, fuck yeah. So the other thing is that uh, I've been thinking about I, every once in a while I text with like, like I talk with Gloria and I text with some some uh, other friends of mine and I'm like, I just really feel like I could go crazy one day, sell everything and move to Jamaica or Puerto Rico or the Virgin Islands or somewhere, you know what I mean? And just set up a comedy club there and just be like, yeah, this is all I need. Like, <laughs> I don't need to be famous. I just can, whatever. I'm in the Canary Islands, you know what I mean? I'm the one comedy club in the Canary Islands. What are you going to do? Tourist? I, I guess. And like, then locals? And yeah. then the other people. Yeah, and then people, I mean, it's one of the th- reasons why when I was in Paris it made so much sense was it was like, so many like so many famous comedians come through Paris because it's a tourist destination. They yeah. want to see everything just like everybody else does. Louis C.K. came through and did the comedy show that I used to run. Like, I mean, I wasn't there. This was like last year, but I started that show, and five years later, he came and did it. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, he's still allowed to perform in France. Yeah, he's still allowed to. Per- I mean, he's still allowed to perform in America. He went and he did the Comedy Cellar. Not uh, there ago. were like seventy-five articles about it. It's so nuts because uh, James Altucher, who's uh, I encourage everyone to go listen to his podcast. He interviewed Noam uh, Dorman, who uh, runs. He's the general manager of the Comedy Cellar, uh-huh. and that guy got so much hate email from people who could not stand that he allowed Louis C.K. to get on stage. And Noam was like, "I wasn't even there that night." Like, <laughs> like we just he, another manager let him up, and I wouldn't have said no either. Like, he's yeah, and a, imagine your twenty-three-year-old manager who like. Yeah. Probably got the job six months ago and is trying to impress you. Yeah. Like, can you imagine how much stress? Is he going to turn I, away Louis C.K.? Do I let Louis C.K. on or do I not let? Like, it's a it's a shitstorm either way. Yeah. Because if you don't let him on, Louis C.K. is going to call that dude. And then your boss is going to be like, you didn't let Louis, Louis C.K. on? And then you let him on and then, you know, the Atlantic gets an article. Yeah. <laughs> you said earlier, like, I read this article in the Atlantic and I was like, whoa. I think I fucking, I, I don't like the Atlantic. Do you like Salon? What other, let's go through the whole thing. <laughs> Look, I don't What about like, the Huff, Huffington Post? <laughs> here's the BuzzFeed th- news? I think I'm pretty <laughs> liberal in most of my views, but liberal media, I'm like, ah, fuck you. How it's, about that? It's awful, dude. You it's use so big bad. words to show you no big words. Oh, fuck yeah. You. 100%. Like, Fox is just like, Trump did some shit today. <laughs> It's so weird to open up my Apple News because, uh, first of all, when I do, I go, wow, I'm a loser. I read Apple News. And then the second thing is I look at it's like trending headlines. And like number one is like, Trump said, can you even? And then like number two is like, we're headed to the apocalypse because Donald Trump X, Y, Z. And then the third is like Fox News. And Fox News is like, mother of four kills baby in garage. And like... And then number four is like, Trump, blah, 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 face on the moon apocalypse. Like, it's just, it's the weirdest fucking experience. Like, it's just clearly two different, complete worlds that these two news sites occupy. They don't live on the same planet. 
Man wrestles gator with one arm. Like it just wow, Fox News. <laughs> they got a you know, people are killing people every day. You can keep them distracted. <laughs> people are killing people every day. You know, yeah, day. Trump did something crazy, but not as crazy as drowning your babies cuz they're the devil. <laughs> It's like exactly. Which is a true thing a mom it's did. It's like exactly. It's like fan boat driving down I-75 in Florida. <laughs> like <laughs> police arrest other police officer after 45 minutes standoff. What? Well, like, you can print it. doesn't even make any sense. You like, can even be like, Trump does this terrible thing. You're like, alien drill? I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty much. I feel like they just really, I mean, like anything I can throw in front of their audience. I just, oh boy. But it's awful because the Huffington Post is just as bad. Like every time oh, yeah. I every time I, I look at it, it's always like, Trump tried to blah, blah, blah. But then, um, insert liberal celebrity here. But then Alec Baldwin went, <laughs> now he's got the slap down. It's like, it's so, tr- you know, Trump's latest tweet eviscerated by, and it's it's so stupid. Yeah, the fucking, you, you know, and it's on both sides as the destroyed in one minute. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, reading uh, <laughs> from, a, from a conservative friend, atheism destroyed in one minute. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit, it man. It viscerates atheists on the street. Like, you know who I fucking hate are those white dudes who... <laughs> No, I I like most, me too. Fuck let, let's make it clear. I like most white people. <laughs> no, those white pastor like the new like uh, it's kind of like t- replacing the Joel Olstein as the dude who oh, sits the in his car. Prosperity ministers. Yeah, the guy who sits in his car and films a video and he's like, "All right, atheist." Like it's uh, I think Joshua Fierstein is a big one. Wow, that's a great name, <laughs> Joshua Fierstein. And he's like, let me get this straight. <laughs> and then he just goes to do a dumb rant that makes no sense. Yeah. And he yells a lot. Yeah. I just think that, like, you know, the, there's something about watching, you know, especially, like, a thing on, like, your computer that you feel like it's official. Because here's the thing. Like, you can go to Netflix and watch, like, Outlaw King. Okay? It's a, it's a movie that costs millions of dollars. Have you seen it, by the way? What What is it? Outlaw King, the movie? No. Okay. It's amazing. But there's a, it's a movie that costs millions of dollars. And you can go onto your computer and watch it, and it and it has a perspective, and it's got a perspective about history and morality and like all this stuff, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then literally, not even more than a few seconds later, you can be watching some fucking asshole who pulled out his iPhone in his car, who's talking about like, this is bullshit. Let me tell you something about why black people are inferior, and you're really like, and you're like. It's got this. It's so, there's something weird about that, right? Like, oh yeah, each one of them has like an equal platform on this device that brings you the world. Basically, it's fucking bizarre. And sometimes those dumb motherfuckers who just pulled out their iPhone get more views. Yeah, because even myself, I'm not. We're dumb, and like I'm like that's thirty seconds, and that's an hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> This I think I'm gonna watch smarter. the 30 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> you can make a point in 30 seconds. This movie's trying to make it 90 minutes. It's ridiculous. God, I wish I was smart. That'd be cool, right? <laughs> to be like one of those smart guys. Oh man, I think it's overrated. I think you'd kill yourself. You'd have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I tried to once because I'm so goddamn smart. <laughs> I think you gotta. At some point, somebody's gonna establish a some some actual colony that they're gonna be like. This is just where smart people live. And everybody's gonna, all the smart people are gonna move there, and uh, that's gonna be it. That's because that's the whole, that's the end of history. And then a lot of people are gonna try to move there and get very sad. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a whole colony outside of it. I took what's that? There's like a smart people club. There's a genius Mensa. club. Mensa, yeah, Mensa. Mensa. 
I took the Mensa test. They were like, nah. <laughs> oh, well, good job, Corey. You did a great job. I don't know if you're, I don't know if we're ready for you. They were like, you're a nice guy. <laughs> well, this test definitely shows that you know how to take a test. <laughs> and <laughs> you get a check plus for effort. For sure. You're a special boy. We actually have a special club just for you. It's not Mensa, but it's another group. You've got a special bus you can ride just with your other friends. Just snorting into the mic five times to show that I don't belong in Mensa. Oh, man. There's porn stars in Mensa. You know that? You know what? They should reconsider. <laughs> they should. Wait, wait, do, you, do you know their names? Ah. Uh, uh, no. You can Google porn stars in Mensa. Yeah, it'll come up. Yeah, just like, who Googles? Someone who's like, I porn don't jerk off to dumb people. <laughs> you know what really turns me on? Intelligence. <laughs> I don't want to watch this intelligent woman solving a math quiz while she's getting cum shot all over it. <laughs> cum math quiz. Was that two words uh. you tried to get put together back in your past? <laughs> I can't. I don't watch I this electrical engineer design a toaster oven while I'm shooting jizz on it. Fuck you. Jizz toaster and fuck oven. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty, <laughs> fuck your ass. pretty bad, man. We're 45 minutes into I gotta this. fucking leave, man. I, know, I gotta go home. He actually has to go great tests. So, uh, thank you very much for listening to this podcast, whoever it is you are. Uh, All of Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah, go Google porn Mensa. <laughs> I don't know what will come. I'm curious myself what would come up if I Googled that. I'm really, I'm, I'm laughing way too much. My stomach hurts. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Corey Wood. You guys, if you get the chance, I'm going to release this, I think, tomorrow. Uh, come out and see a week from tomorrow. Uh, come out and see Love Hurts at the Playground Theater. I would love to sell it out, and I think we can. Yeah, I think so. so. Playground Theater, 8 p.m., right? Yeah, yeah. If you're in Kingston, Jamaica, you can get a flight and get to <laughs> Chicago in time. Do it. Uh, everybody in Chicago, please come out. It's a good, it's a great show. We talk about it uh, on this podcast. It's really fun, of course. Um, and we've gotten great reviews, and a lot of people have come out. So it's worth it. It's only five bucks. If you, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's five bucks at the door. I think. I'm I'm bringing free beer that you can have. Yeah, there will be free drinks for you. Um, just so come on out and have a good time, check it out, uh, laugh along, cry along, all that kind of stuff. So, um, thank you guys so much. Meanwhile, the madness continues. Say goodbye, Corey. All right. Bye.